Hello and welcome to the Rat Nest Podcast. Episode never... Uh, let's do that one more time. I fucked up. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. these Coors Lights are getting to me. Hello and welcome to the Rat Nest Podcast. Episode number 70-something with Candies 22. Exist and Barfly. Let's go. Hey. Hey, hey. Thank, thank you for being here with us, guys, uh, today with us, man. It's an honor to have you guys here. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Exist. Nice to meet you, Barfly. Super stoked that you guys took some time to sit down with us. Thanks, Thanks, for, yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me back. It feels like I was just here, but it's like you said, it's been a year or two. Dude, almost two. two yeah. I think two years. Uh, like you were episode 14. Uh, we We just finished up episode 73 like a little bit back. We're kind of getting on the new block of episodes, so it's uh, amazing to have someone of, uh, you know, your insight and caliber to fucking take the time to sit back down after you already know how bad we are at this, you yeah. know? No, you made me look good last time, so hopefully <laughs> I can pull it off again. We'll see. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, that was a great interview, and uh, just want to point out that it is still one of the most watched episodes and continually watched episodes that we have. So Most, I, most liked and commented episodes that we have on YouTube. If you haven't uh, listened to it yet, go check out episode 14 with Exist Stereo. It's fire. It's dope. And shout out to all, you got an amazing fan base, obviously, bro. So shout out to all your fans. Yeah, our fans, yeah, are amazing individuals. That's kind of the fuel under our ass in a weird way because we you know as far as candies goes like we love candies it's our it's we're speaking for myself it's my most proudest project like i said before and uh it, it's something that it's like a labor of love where like we almost make it just for us to hear in a weird way like a lot of the stuff we appreciate it incredibly but we don't know if others will we don't care to see if they will or not uh -huh. or we didn't and then so many people we've had this album more or less finished vocally for five years you know we started about seven years ago we finished in the first two as far as the meat of it and then the mixing just became uh, a lot of too many cooks in the kitchen in different states oh you know yeah I mean? like, and it was hard seattle california it was just like uh-oh lost you hold up we, we froze up can you hear us can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, right. good. we're good. Sorry. Yeah? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if um, you... I under your end, I think I, I thought I had pretty good Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, we got you. No, no, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it might be our end. It just tripped out for a second. It came back strong. It says that we've got full full here, so. Um, we'll cut that yeah. out. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> just basically that fucking, you know, we kind of not lost hope, but it was like we were happy with what we heard. And we didn't, you know, and this other, everybody just kept bugging us. Like, man, please let us hear it. And we're like, well, it's not at a place where you get to hear it. But we didn't really, I don't know, but whatever it was, they pushed us to the point where it was like, dude, we owe it to these people that have like stuck with us as much as we've kind of dropped the ball in life in general, aside from our careers or whatever, how you want to word that. And uh, it, it really, I, it, I owe it to the people, like why I'm back here and doing this shit and want to, but it, it's not like out of obligation. It was like, I wanted to, and then it reignited my whole shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like now I'm just yeah. about it. I had a real, uh, there's so much weird shit. I had a weird vocal block for years. I couldn't write lyrics because um, 
uh, so this is like weird shit. I just like figured out there and all this shit. Uh, a fucking <laughs> dude, a really awesome, awesome individual, Rec One from uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, he's a promoter and he used to book all of us and he was like a super exist candies fan. And uh, he shot himself listening to Cut Me Gently with me and Dime from, from Dirty Deeds. Oh, and, man. And, you know, he's got a family and kids and. I don't know, man. I didn't realize how much it kind of impacted me, uh, that thing happening, you know, that uh, I know he didn't do it because of my song, you know, but the fact that that it was on repeat, you know, they oh, thought it was man. body. Yeah, but uh, so let me let me jump in there just because, you know, I, I went back and, you know, I listened to like all the Candies albums and uh, some of the, you know, the earlier Exist stuff too. And some of that shit when, you know, fuck, 2000, early 2000s, mid 2000s, um, you're fucking sad, bro. You know what I mean? Like you were, you, you were in, you were in a thing, um, struggling with drugs and, um, uh, just life itself. And, uh, does you where, could really tell the emotion in yeah, a lot of those. Yeah. Songs. But where, where does that, I mean, you had to get well, that off I, your like, chest. It's like, I don't. I don't hold like Sid Vicious and Bukowski. You know, I think I might have mentioned this before. Even like, I don't hold these people accountable for my outcome, even though they were super influential. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I hear that for sure. It was my decision into where I wanted to allow the depth of their persuasion to come into my life. You know what I mean? And I could have just saw it or embraced it. And for whatever reason, like I said before, you know, I just felt like I had to fucking be as far away from reality to accomplish originality and that somehow also became hand in hand with addiction you know and right. i didn't really plan it that way yeah it's and like- I, I used to go party my ass i've been partying since i mean my, i've been smoking weed since second grade with my mom like no shit you know like for real i got brought home multiple times second third grade stoned to shit by cops for ditching school in western <clears throat> blah 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 and my mom was like this is the 80 shit you know Maybe, I don't know. She's like, yeah, they're giving out PCP. You know, they, they, I, I used to, if you're going to smoke, at least smoke here. And that became like the thing. And it was like, whatever. Drugs has never been like this uh, for me until opiates became a crazy thing. And I was like, you know, 12th grade kind of shit, whatever. And it just, it just, it just changed everything. It just took it and it became this whole fucking monster that I just fought on and off and on and off. And my records would go back and forth from being like, I gotta be positive and trying to do like hopeless crooks and things where it's like I'm tired of being so miserable. And even in hopeless crooks, the happy shit, if you really dissect the lyrics, it's like I'm fucking yeah. bummed out, you know? Right, right. But I feel like there's always some underlying message of like, but it's okay. Like that's fucking life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not always gonna be great. And it might be shitty more than it is good, you know? But there is good. And and you have to kind of work to navigate to make that shit available in your life, you know, and the quality of life and all these things I just did not put into the equation for the overall outcome of happiness. Yeah. You know, you know and, I mean? and to be clear, I'm not, I'm not saying that you were putting uh, like drugs and, and that kind of lifestyle, like uh, in I, a positive light, it was always like oh. uh, your in an internal struggle with it. Right. It's like, it's yeah. always your, oh, it's like, you're sad with me. I'm not telling you to be sad. Right, you know, like yeah. that. That's it's like we were doing it together. You know, I feel like that's how my I was sharing me with you. I wasn't being like this is how you should be. You know, 
And, and so I, I don't think you're uh, accusing me of anything. But yeah, I was fucking miserable, bro. I was always in some heartbroken, bullshit thing and, you know, excuses. But it was all really, now I know better. I used the fucking uh, woes me hashtag for the excuse of my usage. Mm. You know, I allowed everything to be like, you don't understand what my life is. That's why I do this shit. You know yeah. what I mean? But it really, it was just an excuse to justify me wanting to do more fucking heroin. You yeah. know what I mean? And, you, and, and, and I didn't need to surround myself in an entire... As an addict, too, as an addict you, you're going to find any excuse. It didn't matter what the excuse was, right? It was always like an excuse to use, you know, it's... Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's like, uh, I'm swimming with sharks and then being like, you know, it's like, it's dangerous over here. Like, I'm the one in the fucking water, yeah. you know? And I'm like, well, that's why I need these flotation devices. You don't understand. It's like, well, you don't need to be in that fucking water, dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess if you want to look at it that way, like an adult. But I always, <laughs> you know, justify my goddamn insanity. I was out of my mind on a lot of shit, you know? It's well-documented for many years. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, and that, that's why they, people thought me and him should be good friends because they were like, oh, he's the most fucked up guy I've ever met. You guys got to know each other. So <laughs> that's, how, that's how that came to me. You'll but, like yeah, this guy. Not to get, you know, super into all that, but point being why I didn't mean to deviate so hard, but that shit that happened with Wreck affected me deeply. And I didn't realize how much it affected me. And I felt... Uh, like if I say run into a wall, you're gonna run into a wall. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And I was scared to write anything, or but it's I'm I'm fine, and I've been recording now. I did the two months posse cut, and we've been doing all this new shit, and it's just flowing out, and everything's finally crossing the roads. This thing's happening. This thing's happening. And when they decide to meet up, isn't really up to me. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah. But it's happening right now for whatever reason. We're pulling the shit off. We've been trying to pull this off for seven years, more or less, finish this record. But right now, it's going like butter. We found an engineer that yeah. was able to kind of decipher our insanity of our descriptions, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and make sense of it and clean the record the way we wanted it clean without losing its character. Nice. Because, you know what I mean? There was this fine line of like, oh, now it's good, it's polished, but it sounds... I don't like it. Yeah, and I like the roughs and blah 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 blah. And now we're we're happy. We're very happy with it, and everything's. We're super proud of this record. That's awesome, you know? man. I I can't wait to hear it. I'm not gonna lie. And because of I think what you're talking about just a moment ago, though, like that authenticity that goes into your guys's stuff. It, you could tell that it's it's really you. It is what you're going through. You can feel it, you know. And and I'm sure that had to play a part in the the writer's block that you were having because you realized that you are having an influence. You are having a, an effect on people's lives with the words that you're saying. And not that that's a, that can, they can take it however they want, but that has to be a heavy weight on your shoulders knowing like, yo, when I say something, people are listening and I better check what I'm saying. Like that's a, it really is a heavy I one. I knew man. they were listening. I knew it gave them anybody that was my fan you're only my fan because you connect and if you connect you're feeling it you know and so you're feeling what i'm trying to convey i knew they were feeling it i didn't i i didn't think of it as being influential you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought of it sharing vibes you know and once i when it just became a whole different thing i always i've had arguments with friends over this and i'm just like you can't keep writing these songs about fucking cheerleaders and doing oxy and whatever you know it's like it's just so terrible it's a promotion of just insanity and an unsustainable lifestyle blah 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 
And uh, but that that was more on like being directly like fuck cheerleaders and two oxen. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't this vague poetic way. It wasn't an artistic statement where it's open to interpretation. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a fucking direct statement. And right. that's where I'm like, you're, you can't influence, you know, that's why I looked at things as influential. I didn't think of our stuff as influential. I thought of it as interpretable, sure. you know, and you can get the influence out of it that talks to you. I feel like art, like that's art. I look at art. It shouldn't tell me what to fucking think. Right. It should make me want to think something, you know? So how do you feel about that Barfly being an author and uh, writing books where literally your words are like what people are reading and what and the points that you're trying to make? How do you how do you feel about that influence vibe that you're able to find or have with your voice? As far as, uh, be, you know, perceiving myself as an influence, and uh, I think the way I've approached this subject matter has been more from a perspective of uh, well, if if people want this sort of content, I'm going to give them the gritty, ugly truth of it. You're not going to be fucking Scarface. You're gonna you're gonna have a miserable fucking time. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's what I you know that's been my approach to it. And you know, yeah, like <clears throat> like Courtney's touched on. That's probably one of the perils that you know, you hope to avoid is, is coming off as glamorizing this, you know, we've chosen some pretty rough, rough roads to trot. And, um, I think we've been pretty honest about what we were going through and I wouldn't perceive that as being glorification, but it's a fine line, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's your story. So it's not like you right. want to, you don't want to hide or cloud that authenticity by, by trying to hide a part of it or whatever. But yeah, yeah, you're right. That fine line of, of glorification or, or just influ or this is what brought me to this place, you know, and there's exaggeration and being grandiose of your reality. And then there's like your understanding of your reality, you know, and for us, rap, hip hop, whatever you want to call it is the, the real fucking shit is not a character that you created to market and sell to a demographic. It's your voice. It's, it's self-expression. Of your fucking hood, of your fucking clique, of your whatever the fuck. It's the voice of that authenticity thing because it is that thing. It doesn't need to learn to do something to adapt to a market understanding because it is the thing. The market is what finds it and likes it. That's right. Yeah. Like, and then so fucking mechanized yeah. and controlled by a system that it's the other way around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and Yes, yeah. you know, whatever. But we just want to hold on to like, this is my truth, man. Like, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I'm not telling you to do it or not do it, or but this is my autobiography in a sense. Hell yeah. And yeah. I'm embellishing, no, but I'm but also not going to underplay it because no, it's the truth. Otherwise, it's, it's something other. It's a, it's a story as opposed to the truth. That's know? exactly it. And our lives have been fucking rough, man. Like we didn't make smart choices. It's been fun. It's been, you know what I mean? Do I got a lot of good stories for us? Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> if, if anyone has any questions about what we're what we're kind of like referencing right now is like go back, listen to episode fourteen with with uh, Courtney and uh, listen to the crazy stories this fool has from being a fucking kid, a kid right in LA, yep. finding you know hearing about people's heads getting cut off, people's legs get cut off. 
being in fucking crews, getting fucking racked up. Like it, it's wild. And, but that's just reality. So art is, is based off our own realities, as you're saying. And you know, whether it's painting, making movies, making music, whatever it is, it's going to reflect some sort of thing that you got brought up with. Right. So you're you truly know, a product of your environment. Right. Totally. So there's no hiding to, that. If you're able to harness that and, and project that, then you're suicidal tendencies. You know what I mean? You're right, the, right, you're right. the band locked something in that nobody was doing because it, it didn't come from anywhere. You're the one doing it. Your place are the ones doing it and you harnessed it. And now it's in history forever because you got it out that way. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's the key. Dude. Everybody and that's, so- that, I mean, that, that's some of our favorite art, even beyond music. Uh, we were talking uh, in the last episode, you brought up fucking uh, William Burroughs and him killing his wife by trying to shoot an apple off her head and shit. And then making that movie you know, about it. And like the movies based on, you know, him writing this book, Barfly. I don't know if your name comes from the Bukowski book, but the fact that you write and that your name's Barfly, like that shit is crazy to me <laughs> because that's some of the darkest, craziest shit like I've ever experienced in my youth, like in high school, like I read those books, you know, and I was like, fuck, this is so far out of my realm. Like it, it's amazing uh, to, to be able to like pr- put that out to the world and be like, this is me and this is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the moniker is definitely derived from Bukowski and, um, yeah, I figure, you know, whenever I made the decision to go with that name, it was just, a, I think, a succinct starting point for understanding what I was going to convey. But um, <clears throat> it's it's quite a departure from what, you know, from, from that point to here. You know, it's been obviously a lot of different, a lot of different paths than, than that. But I mean, it, you know, I, I don't mean to uh, shirk that or whatever. It's, you know, it's, it, it's apt. It's like Barfly was such a alcoholic kind of not character because that it was him. It wasn't a character. He wasn't doing something in character. That's him. And it just happened to go with the name Barfly or whatnot. But it's something it's hard to shake once it's so associated mm-hmm. to something beyond just you. Because you hear Barfly, you think yeah. you cast, you think the movie, you think you're throwing up on yourself and you're <laughs> shitting blood and whatever. You know what I mean? It might have been that at one point, but it ain't necessarily now. So to hold on to so I'll go by Barfloco or whatever. Not, not nothing ashamed of Barfly, but it's like even Existeria, where I'm more a stereo based. Or it was just a different time in our lives, you know. Yeah. We're still that person, but an evolution up, you know. And Barfloco is easier to Google. Yeah, <laughs> it comes up. Yeah, that, it doesn't I mean, get mixed up. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't that have was, like eighty other reviews or like something. Yeah, that was the thing that when because I kind of you know Burroughs and Bukowski my two. Dogs, that's my favorite shit right there. Those two, it's the, the booze and the dope. You know, right there is the fucking, the bottom line of it. And I was, you know, as a younger idiot, fancied myself burrow-esque, you know what I mean? And, like, thought my writing was transcending some kind of level of uh, whatever. As and, we all um, do. We all do that shit. You know, and when people were like, you gotta meet this dude Barfly, and I'm thinking of the whole crazy, you know, like I mentioned, I was like, JFK, Andre, I was like, what are these names? Who do these guys think they are? And especially Barfly, I almost took offense to it. And I was like, this motherfucker better be a drunk. You know what I mean? And dude, I, first impression, I was like, you win, you got it, you're the man. And that's why I was just like, fucking dude, I feel like we're in a weird, in my own little ego bubble of fucking kind of this weird underground, where the underground Bukowski and Burroughs, dude, like that's yeah. us right there. Hell yeah. You know? 
so Barfly, how would you say, so Winding Up Strangers in Bars, your first book came out in 2015. How would mm-hmm. you say this next book that you're working on compares, at least as what we're talking about now, the change in, in your situation from when you wrote that first one to what, to what you're writing now? Um, how, how would you say the, the evolution from that book to this book has kind of taken place? Well, it's, it's, it's odd. Like I, I have a queue of, uh, fiction that I work on and it's really big and I don't know that I'll ever, you know, be able to work through that queue. It's, uh, whatever sort of becomes an obsession enough to, you know, call my attention for a long enough time. But, um, it right now I've got traction with the, the book I'm working on and the title that I'm working with is the Outsider's Guide to I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the title that I'm working with is um, God, what is it? Uh, I'm sorry. The so, Outsider. It's a working gener- title. It's fine, um, dude. It's uh, the Outsider's Guide to Generating Wealth and Gathering Influence. <laughs> oh, damn! All right. <laughs> It's fiction. Um, these titles seem like they might be nonfiction or some sort of weird instruction, <laughs> instructional book. But um, the, first, the first novel is uh, it's written in the first person present tense for the most part. It's very much taking you into a, a, a character's inner narrative. And it's, it, that, that, can be, um, that can be a pretty big demand on a reader. Sure. And this one is written in the third person and it jumps around a little bit in time. And uh, it actually has revealed itself to be a, a, a sequel to, to that book. I didn't know that it was going to be, and that sort of worked itself out recently. But um, what's, what's different about it is, uh, you know, the fact that it's written in the third person and the fact that uh, it's, it's more, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's in the current, you know, it's a, it's more acquainted with the present state of affairs in the world. Sure, the characters yeah. are dealing with, yeah, the characters are dealing with but a lot of a lot of odd things. That <clears throat> you feel like the two work in the same universe. So it's like the same, uh, like story. May uh, the same same realm you started setting. with the first no- novel that this one it, kind of continues on through. It actually. Um, features two of the the focal characters from the first novel are actually uh involved in this so yeah it isn't it is in the same universe so do you find writing fiction gives you the same kind of therapeutic out as like if you were writing songs or if you're writing in a journal or whatever because i know for me and it sounds like stereo too when you're writing your songs it's, it really is kind of like therapy. You know what I mean? You get a lot of your shit out on the page. Do you find that this, it's the same when you're writing like fiction like that? In a lot of ways. Yeah. And in fact, um, it can be a little bit more satisfying in some ways. <clears throat> it's, it scratches two different itches for sure. But, um, getting acquainted with these characters is like getting acquainted with, you know, with people that you become fond of and you enjoy writing about them and writing writing the things that they're going through and the things that they're, they're going to say. And, uh, yeah, that can, I mean, you have to come become somewhat, uh, preoccupied with them because you're going to spend a lot of time with them. 
Yeah. And it's uh, it's not as it's not as a uh, brief in the experience as writing a song. Writing a song is very cathartic, very much in the moment where you're going to revisit these people's ways of thinking and being in the world over and over again for months. Yeah, yeah, so, you're going to really get to know them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like writing a song or whatever, you usually have a directed vibe or whatever, but writing a book is such a, is such a big, long story that there's so many vibes within it. Yeah. It's not, you, you have to like explore for, become it, you know, like where a song, it's that moment, like you said, that you fucking, oh, I feel that beat. You know, like, I feel, I know what to do right now with that thing. Yeah. You know, that's the catharticism for me. But, like, writing an interview, I, like, most of my rap stuff, I, I just do this Burroughs shit where you just write, 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 write. Doesn't matter what it is. Just write it down. Anything in your head, just keep writing, writing, yeah. writing. And then try to fucking mix it. Keep going and tear that shit up and put different pages together and pieces and mm. make new sentences out of construct. It was wild. But with that, I just kind of, you know, almost highlight, I'm like, there's a great line. There's something interesting. Things I just wouldn't have been able to write if I was objectively trying to write a titled track. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're going to make a song about cars. You know what I mean? Like, I would, but if I was just writing, I might have wrote the weirdest shit about cars in my life, you know, or the best, if not trying to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's more like writing. It's if almost you're really like it, you're living it for a while. It's, yeah, it's almost like when you're writing music, forgive the pun, you have to, you're like staying on track, like on a track. But when you're writing like a novel, yeah. it's almost just like an open field that you get to run around in, you, you know? Yeah. And you, you get to edit, you get to go back, you get to take time. Like, well, I mean, if we were proper musicians and we made things the way they're supposed to, we do get have time to edit as well. But West Coast, <laughs> underground, we learn how to read those closets that don't have patience and don't know what a punch in is. And if you can't do that shit, in the first take, you know, get if fuck. you get to your last word and mess up, too bad. Start from the beginning. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. and and so there was no like thinking about it, pondering it, reevaluating it, rewriting, reworking. You know what I mean? A lot of the shit with underground West Coast. I can't speak for everybody, but I know West Coast underground very well. And everybody was like, "Show up the studio. Here's the beat. You're hearing it for the first time." You kind of scrap together a bunch of other pages you have and write something for the first time. You don't really know it. And yeah. You're reading it and learning it as you're recording it. Yeah. Sometimes that fire fire where you get these unduplicatable uh, results. Yeah. Or sometimes you get inconfidence and a phoned in kind of performance. And where a book, you have to live with it. You got to live with the words you wrote before they come out. You you, you have time to you know, change. I don't know. That's the, I haven't written a book, so I'm talking on my ass, but that's how I feel. You know, that's what I think about it. Cause I watch him when he's in the process and he's kind of somewhere else. You know? yeah. yeah. Editing, editing is a huge part of it. You're going to spend, I mean, well, you know, I don't work with a publisher. I self publish. So, I mean, I edit my stuff. I mean, I could hire an editor, I suppose, but um, editing is part of the process and that's going to take, you know, months itself. You yeah. Know? Editing heard- and re- I've heard that writing it, getting all your content out is like a third. And then the next two thirds is really editing and, and grammar and every going back through and just fine tuning everything. Every like, yeah, it's, it's totally there. Like, you know, we're winding up strangers and bars. I think the first draft took four months and I think I spent another five or six months on, second draft where I'm just going in and 
and rendering in things with better prose. Um, and then, you know, the editing process comes along and that's just, there's so much different, I would do different read throughs for different things. You know, this, this will be the part where I'm going to edit for consistency. Everything has to be, you know, names have to be spelled the same, you know, right. Um, yeah. You know, the has to be cohesive and, you know, I mean, I think even like if you're working on something over a year's time and you're kind of using a dialogue and then, you know, uh, different fucking slang and whatever happens and all of a sudden and you look and you're like, wow, in the first couple of chapters, he's saying hypey a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not so much you know, it's like the consistency Absolutely. of just even the state of mind of this person yep. would be fucking make me kind of nuts to try to track. Yeah. Yo, do, tell me this though, like uh, as someone that writes, um, we do a lot of editing and stuff as far as like books and layout and comics go, and you know we kind of double check all the the grammatical stuff too. But when when you come out with something, is it? I guess what I'm saying is, is it better to edit yourself on a track, or do you want that first one to be the the fire or like the one that is the hit, like? that that's the the line you go with you know what i'm saying uh do you yeah. go back and look at stuff afterwards and be like ah oh, shit that sounds really good but we could have done it better or you just be like yeah that's it that's what we're doing i'm i'm not of a single mind about that because there are times when your your first results are better they just are you're, you're you can go back and re-record and re-record and things just get somehow you know like watered so, down right like a little like just to work something you work the dough too much you know you gotta you gotta let that shit just be free yep and then there's other stuff that you know you want to refine it you just definitely know you're going to wind up recording that song maybe three times you know and just kind of depends on what you're going for and what the vibe is on the project too you know yeah like uh with candy's 22 stuff um courtney and i have a like a, a very good connection where we don't really even have to discuss what we're doing to arrive at the same, at the same place. That's it's tight. crazy how we'll just start writing the beat. We're like, Holy shit. We're talking about the same thing. Huh? Yeah. You know? That's sick. That's <laughs> the Starcy twins, bro. Yeah. So uh, we don't really have to do too much. So either we only talk about two or three things always. We're sad. Yeah. We're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So wow, we're talking that, about that's me and Jim too, dude. Like, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> but, but uh, as far as like what you're saying is like you know overworking or underworking projects, that only comes with experience yeah. and, and and knowing when you hear it if it needs work or not. Totally, you know so, that only comes with being consistent and like riding that fucking bike every day. Yeah, and then you'll know you'll know like when something's a little off because you're used to all the qualities of that what you're hearing, what you're dealing with to analyze that project or whatever, the song or whatever. If you're just hearing it every once a month with a new mix down or something, you're not going to remember the old mix down and the problems and what was fixed. But if it's your life and you're doing that shit every day and you're consistent with it, it, it might not go perfect for a long time, but eventually you'll line those lines, like I said, will hit where that experience and that fucking actually doing it will line up and you'll be able to hear something and be like, dude, don't touch it. Yeah. Don't touch it. Or I think you could do this better, you know? And thank God for modern technology because holy shit, I mean, I have this little blue box. It's a little multi-track recorder. It's like this big. It's amazing. 1010 music, fucking rocks. Um, that thing saves every one of your takes, essentially. 
So you just oh. do a bunch of take, take, take. And you do, I mean, I know Pro Tools and all that shit does it, but it's way more mapping and blah, 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 right. computer. And this is just a little thing I plug in with the mic. And I can do a bunch of takes and not worry. It's like, yeah, I do kind of like that one, but I think I could do it better. Before, it was like, that shit's gone. It, over. It's yeah. somewhere between a four track and a full mixing board, and it just like does what you need it to do. The, no, it's, it could be a six track stereo, twelve track mono, multi track recorder, mixer. It's a yeah. Damn, it's, that's it's, it's basically what you said, but bigger uh, as far as ability. Yeah, um, yeah. that's sick. Yeah, it's the shit, and and this portability ability, and not having this fucking weight and albatross of computers and fucking boots and all this shit. I could just go set up on my roof if I wanted. The little USB <laughs> mic doesn't sound that off from that's... the other shit, really. Especially when you find an engineer, and that's what the yeah. fucking whipped cream on this project for yeah. us has been. Is we finally found an engineer that kind of heard or knew what to do with our shit. Because yeah. the way we recorded this album, we didn't erase any of the takes. We didn't record over it. We left everything. But then we didn't spend enough time consistently. And, and when we'd come back, there'd be like 40 takes on my vocals. And I'd be like, oh, shit, which was the lead. Which is, <laughs> yeah. And the guy who did all the original, Castro, due to just life and some surgeries and stuff, wasn't able to mm-hmm. keep working on it. So we had to hand it off to other people who were like, yo, there's like 40 shits of all your guys' stuff and which what am i supposed to use and we didn't even know and that was a lot of the problem with this record taking so long was us kind of like arguing with ourselves being like i think that's the better take i think that's the no i think this was i don't know and this right. dude james on yoga up here the strepto bunny yeah he's just this funny cat that i ran into i live in the middle of nowhere at oregon now and he's a promoter rapper up here and just cool you know like oregon vibes yeah. and uh I heard his shit one night at a club and it was really he he was doing everything over his own production and shit. And I was like, you mix and what and he was like, yeah, I went to sound school and, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, okay, uh, you wanna look at this? And he was just able to kind of he didn't even fucking he knew better than to like ask us too much because we give too much of we give too much of an answer. Right, right. He, right. he just he saw what he liked, what he thought worked, and whether they were the right takes or not. When we heard it, we were like, this sounds good. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't give me a hundred options, I won't be as confused, you know? Yep. Uh, and if it sounds good to me, I don't, it gets weird if it's like overworking or underworking. Is there another one that's better? Is there, can I do it again? And we just needed someone to be like, dude, this shit is dope. You guys are yeah. tripping. Let me fucking fine tune this. Yeah. And he did. And because we just had him come do an engineering session for us to report for some other shit. And then we played him some of the sessions and he was like, I can fix all this. We were like, ah, yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> Cause we've gone, we've gone through a lot of hands. Yeah. And, Says uh, everyone you've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, you know, and he, and he did it though. He, he did it and props to him as an engineer yeah. and all that shit. And he pulled it off and we were super happy with it. The only fine tuning we're waiting for is uh, some cuts from D styles and pretty much that's getting turned in this week and i'm heading to la and turning it into daddy kevin to be mastered but the vocals the beats everything's mixed all that shit all the really difficult thing the, yeah. the, the, the problem that we created beforehand is already taken care of so anything after this is starting at a good baseline where it won't be problematic and so we're just stuck i mean nothing's ever gone this smooth for candies you know like hell yeah career and fun you know but it's always been this goddamn uphill battle whether our personal lives or our career it's this thing that'll happen like we were going to go on tour with like dilated and all this shit at one point when the when the girl on her gun was coming out and Mm -hmm. 
you know, I basically had a nervous breakdown and fucking, you know, <laughs> just, it didn't happen, you know, and like, whatever, and whatever, whatever reasons that conflicted us from going forward then, it's all meant to be, it's the universe, you know, right. and it was leading to this point, because if we would have did it then, we would have burned ourselves out, we probably hate each other right now, I don't know. I was just going to... I was just gonna elaborate on that a little bit. Is like uh, the girl in the gun came out what 2011, um, so this is the first album you guys have done in over a decade together. Um, like you've been working on it, you know, but now it's almost first ready. To- you're hearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first album coming out. We have like a few other albums actually. We have a whole other album, Factor, the yeah. second, uh, the Vita Blue called Panther Eagle. We got a lot of shit that now that we're we have at least 10 years of shit, like you said, a decade of stuff we've been recording, just nobody's heard it. Yeah. We yeah. just we're in different states and you know what I mean, life. And, but now we're on this weird momentous roll. That's what I'm saying. Everything's lining up that not only is the Candy's record going to drop, but we're able to like go through all these old files and just put the new engineer, James, as assistants because he knows what our shit is now and how to right. fix it. Uh, he's going to be able to clean up all this shit. I mean, I got a whole album with Big Just. I got that shit with Jupiter. I mean, I got a lot of shit, and we got a lot. I mean, we were sitting listening to like twenty candy songs the other night I mean, that nobody's ever heard that are pretty dope. Just like, like if, crazy potential. Them, like, like, like oh, next song, next we got to work on this record. We got to do this. And you're so busy, things just get shuffled aside. You forget, mm-hmm. and then you realize, oh my god, we did that song with this dude and that, you know, Chrome and Shaman Cassette, and we have all these random ass, like kind of feature things, but we can use them because they were for us, you know. And these dudes were like, I would have used it, but you guys been holding on to it for years. And, you know, like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just all, like, really good. It's a roll. Like, shit's going well. He, he we're, Mentally, physically, we're kind of in the best places of our lives. Like, you know what I mean? He was a fucking mess, dude. <laughs> when we were in rehab together in 2013. 29. 2009. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Elaborate on that. You guys were in rehab together at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh... Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Music Cares. Shout out to Music Cares. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's in the takes care of, like, musicians and shit. And, like, uh, I was just a fucking mess in L.A. and Hollywood and around a lot of rocker people. And, like, nobody knows, no rap shit knows about Music Cares. And mm-hmm. some of these rocker dudes, fucking Dead Kennedy's homies and shit, took me there. And they were like, we're putting you in rehab. Like, I thought I was going to some fucking trash ass place. And, dude. And, and, and like, we had some other issues, things going on, labels being mad because we weren't turning shit. He was drunk as fuck. I was on dope. And I was like, yo, man, come, come, you know, like, let's do this. And basically, like, we we're getting in trouble because we weren't. And so to get everyone off our shit, we're like, well, what are we going And so they did. And we did. But it was really good for us. But while we were there, fucking, uh, they were like, you're going to die. You know what I mean? He had cirrhosis and internal and all this shit. And they're like, you you know, if you don't stop drinking in the next, if you drink again in the next four months, you'll die. I think he did drink again in the next four months, maybe, but not as bad or whatever. But regardless, we were in such bad shape where it was literally like, you guys are going to die. Like, and that's like a common threat or whatever. But this was doctors. You know, it wasn't like the homie. Like, oh, he's like, this was like, they took us to like, you know, medical blah 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 and do testing and it was a really nice facility in Burbank. Yeah. It was ran by Slash's personal uh uh sober coach and shit who was uh who started cocaine anonymous and he was just a funny weird character. It was all shyster shit man all that high end <laughs> fucking rehab shit. Think uh, you know AA is essential sobriety is the shit and whatever gets you to AA, fuck yeah. But that's just for fun and for free. Whereas all these rehabs are kind of like 
juice in your insurance. I got snuck into a rehab under Obamacare on somebody else's shit. Like they were doing such shady shit. The, the last rehab I was in, I think the dude's in federal prison now. There's a thing on doc on 2020 with like a 2020 uh, documentary about him. Um, Chris, if you look up Walking Miracles Los Angeles, the rehab I was in, uh, yeah, and that one was fucking gnar-gnar shit. Behind, oh, shit. It was a scam scam. He was on meth trying to fuck the girls. It was all bad. Oh, but anyway, the one we were in was nice as shit. They take us to Starbucks. They give us fucking Ralph. <laughs> We were living in a fucking condo in Bur- or, uh, like Burbank, basically, like North Hollywood, two-story condo. They allowed us to be roommates. <laughs> like all these rules that they just did. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to because you guys are friends, but we're like, well, we're working on a record. They let us bring all our gear into this fucking two-story condo. And all these people had condos and rehab, but they had cameras, so you couldn't go out of your doors at night. But they didn't do cameras on these roof access doors. So everybody was partying in each other's rooms and fucking and shit. Oh, like, shit. Just go from rooftop to rooftop and shit. And I could sneak out the side. Man, Misty, uh, I, I don't want to get the people in trouble. I don't think they work in the cover <laughs> anymore. But fucking Misty, who was, uh, what's the dude, Butthole Surfer's name? Uh, Gibby. Gibby Haynes. She's yeah. his ex-wife. He was our tech, one of the techs. And uh, I knew a way to sneak out and I could go to Fat Burger and Starbucks and shit and get away. And I, if I brought her back shit, she'd let me do it. <laughs> Dude, it was so crazy. It wasn't a good reality. But it's the one that Kurt Cobain ran away, jumped the wall, and people were throwing tennis balls of heroin over the fence to him. Yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard about that story. That's fucking hey, wild, so bro. Not yeah, too- we went to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't stick, but it was a seed. I feel like all that shit was seeds that were planted, and yeah. eventually that yeah. garden grows. You know, I learned shit there. I just wasn't able to immediately apply it. I tried and failed, but that's all it was. His last twenty years was trying and failing to get off dope, and eventually I did. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Congrats but he was to you guys, though. Physically, like I was gonna die if I took a hot shot. Blah blah blah. I would eat all the time. He was like his body shutting down. So for the state that he's in now, I mean, I don't want to be all like. Fucking Richard Simmons about it and shit. But dude, I mean, you don't need sugar. You know, full used to drink gasoline. Okay. So like when I'm like, oh, you wanna you wanna taste this cracker? And he's like, I don't need flour. I'm just like, I, I can't believe you have that amount of uh uh willpower. Yeah, or man. I can't I can't fucking do it. Like I'm a 50 year old man that eats like a goddamn baby with money, you know. <laughs> hey, well, like, I got you know. I, I have to say nothing but respect for both of you, man. I know the journey to get to sobriety is never an easy one. The fact that you guys made it and are here, it's it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. So congratulations to you both on that. Full, uh, full disclosure: we're not like fully sober. Like I mean, he more or less is a smoke weed once in a while, but I smoke and I have a drink once in a while or whatever. But that's I, California dude, sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's it's fine, bro. I don't fuck with heroin and needles no more. Yeah, that's about as sober as we can ask for, you know. Yeah, I'm not crying in front of a mirror trying to find a vein. Just going, who oh, I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's get back to this new Candies 22 album real quick. Uh, yeah. We were talking just a minute ago. You were saying about how like things changed so much, you know, and and obviously over the last 20 years things have changed a lot. As you're writing this and going back uh, with the Candies stuff being written seven years ago, six years ago, are you noticing like that? that change in the voice or, or that, that need to go back and kind of re-edit it to make sure, or are you guys feeling as you go back and listen, you're like, fuck, we were dope back then. We were crushing it. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. I think it's a prime kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what you get to our age and 
you're as, say, maybe as cynical as we are, you're in danger of looking like a grumpy old man, but we've been grumpy old men since we're fucking kids. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that, that kind of, you know, that pings a little bit, but, um, more than anything, it's just the same. I mean, we're the same, you know, we're on it. We're honest about what we're doing and going through it. The thing I, I, I don't mean to go on and cut, but I really is important is the candy that feels kind of timeless. You know, like I listen to the stuff and it doesn't feel dated, even though like, I don't know. And this record, even though most of the lyrics were written over five years ago, they're fucking pointing at shit to what's going on today, at least from my perspective. Yeah. I think so. And I mean, I, I, I reference Obama in the song. You know, that's how long ago we wrote the shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But should I change it? No, it's the same goddamn circumstance yeah. and the, it's the same bumper sticker. Like, mm -hmm. it applies. Like, in our shit, the way we view the world isn't, this is the way yeah. it is. This is, it's the way we see it and we hope it could be this way. Yeah. You know, it's perspective, not a fucking direction. I gotta yeah. ask this to you because you said the word timeless and you guys use a lot of samples on both the Candies albums, uh, Girl in the Gun and Live in La Vida. Uh, it, it's like uh, old school jams. You'll you'll catch some like soul or like um, some Motown or like some of those hooks uh, in, in some of the, the songs that you guys do. And that almost lends to that timelessness, but it also lends to that like drug era-ness like you like you the more you learn it's about music to another time it's timeless but it's a reference to another time right <laughs> if that makes sense you know what i mean like because we're nostalgic as fuck i mean look, look, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like dude, fuck today i don't want to yeah <laughs> but everything is seems old school you know what i mean like like everything seems like it has like that kickback vibe you okay? i'm not concerned, but interested because this record is not like that. Yeah. Really? There's no, it's not a sample based record. It's There's very, one yeah. track by, right. by Castro and Prodigy that has samples. It's kind of yeah. hip hop y like that. Don't get me wrong, it's a hip hop fucking album. Yeah. It bangs. And we are still very true to ourselves. If you put this over a country instrumental, it would work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a lot of this was made by like Gun Down Wolf mm -hmm. and my brother in space, mm -hmm. Christian Gibson music. Uh, and, um, uh, Factor and uh, Castro and Progeny, and it has a very electronic kind of feel. Mm -hmm. And it was almost yeah. funny when we started it. I was like, seven years ago, the first track to set it up, I was like, this has this drive by. Yeah. You know, I just want to do this yeah. track. Let's just do this track. It's funny. I just want to see what it sounds like. And we loved it. Mm -hmm. And it, it spawned this whole thing. And we're curious. I mean, they bang. I mean, you heard that little video clip. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It's not a sample. It's not like folk, folky, or like most of our shit, yeah. guitar. It's yeah, not like very synth oriented. Yeah, synth oriented and like drive soundtrack. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, yeah, you know, I hate to say that, but you know, that vibe, that fucking electronic synth wave yeah. type of shit. No, I'm, totally, and I'm not saying you didn't have like bangers like that on the last albums either, but it was like a oh, lot no, of it was like they had, the old candy shit, all our stuff yeah. up until this actual record has had a distinct character, yeah, yeah. a vibe. Yeah. And this is the first thing deviating hard from Yeah, in a way. I was honestly puzzled by the director. <laughs> Courtney wanted to go in. I was like, I like this. I don't see how this is gonna be Candy's record, but it is. It absolutely is, and, and unmistakably so. Well, that just speaks to your guys' ability, and, and like we said before, the authenticity. You know, when you can hear the artist in it, no matter what you know style, or even if they shift a little bit, it just it really speaks to to your guys' ability to to voice your opinion and to have your voice heard for what it is rather than trying to 
fit in some pigeonholed little pocket or whatever. Yeah, we love the traditional candies vibe. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be plenty more stuff like that. I mean, that's just in our blood. Mm -hmm. But this was just the thing that started happening. I did all that weird electronic shit in Europe, the Excuse My French album with the Institute yeah, yeah. With guys and all that. And it just kind of started. And then my brother got really into all this like gears, modular shit. And it just really opened my eyes to like LFOs and filters and, you know, the sub frequencies of stuff. And then when we started working with these dudes that were producing that type of shit, uh, I don't know. It just, it just went that way. It wasn't like, I want to do this kind of record. Just somebody presented some beats yeah. and it just snowballed. Yeah. And you know, it's, but it, again, like, it's like, you take Jello Biafra and put him over some country shit. It sounded like country. Yeah. <laughs> put him over a fucking beat. He's rapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like straight up. So it's really just like, we're not, like we've said, I don't know if we've expressed this enough, but we don't really care to like find this new fan base or, you know, like it'd be nice. It's cool. We're not going to exclude it, but it's really for the people, the, our fans. So like we started the conversations. The fuel that lit this is not like a, you know, not obligation, but a want to give them what they deserve, you know, and we hope this is it, you know, but evolution is a thing we've all grown up you know we got to change a little bit we got to evolve and expand our taste and if we're stuck in the same thing forever life is monotonous and routine and just not eventful and you know you got to want to explore shit and for me yeah, i was having this conversation the other day my wife's like why do you like jazz so much i hate fucking jazz and i'm like <laughs> hip-hop got me into jazz yeah. like that's because yeah. i was looking for samples and they're like oh jeru fucking polonius monk or what you know charles mingus and 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 not that we want to broaden horizons, but I think it kind of will in a weird way. Like these yeah. things that it's like, we didn't mean to do, I don't think anybody means who's truly influential or changes anything is setting out to do that. They just do it with their feels right. Yeah. yeah. And it either clicks and changes shit or, or it doesn't, you know what I mean? And that's, I feel like we're at this moment where it doesn't matter what the outcome of this is. We're ecstatic. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck but yeah. it's to work with our people. Because anybody that's really our fan and has been a fan has already connected with us. And so if they've connected with us, it's not hard to connect with us on this record. Dude, these, beats, these beats made their own case. Yeah. Like we, you know, they just just kind of found their way into you know being the format for this record. And Candy's 22 listeners have always been so unbelievably encouraging that it's just it's it's easy to get motivated to make music for these people that like this music because they've been been nothing but supportive yeah hell yeah dude. you know how many times i fucking cried wolf and it wasn't crying wolf I, we were sincere when we were like on a ball we're working on the record we're getting the mix we're doing it you know like every two years this call was like yeah. oh, I, need, I need this dj i need this blah 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 blah, blah, blah. I call 100 people like you gotta finish this i need the new mix and everyone scrambles and then we're like dormant you know yeah. and, and and because shit went crazy of all these other factors i brought up we were trying i wasn't just saying it in hopes that it would start happening we were actually doing it when i'd say it but then shit would fall apart and this is the first time where it's like, no, we can say it because it's done. It's yeah. fucking yeah. done. Yeah. You, know? you know what, though? There's something about that, in my opinion, especially when you're creating art, about timing is everything. And you uh, you cannot force it. Like, 
yeah, you guys may have wanted to try and put this out every two years and try to rev it up, but the universe is like, hold on, it's not the right time. Hold on, it'll be there. And then now it's able to happen so organically without forcing it. Uh, dude, yeah. I can't wait to fucking hear this shit. Yeah. I, I imagine by the time you guys are edit, you know, ready to air this, we'll at least have a couple singles out. And so we'll be able to give you a, a couple songs, maybe even one that's not out at that timeline or something to put in intro outro or whatever. If you, if you want. That'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we'll make sure that we have the link to the candies uh we'll site. To you. I'll send you the unmastered version. Just don't play it for nobody. Craig or nobody, no matter how much they ask you. <laughs> okay. All right. You have my word. Hell yeah. If you're willing to do that, I won't show you. I won't yeah. even show Matt. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, you, too, you too can hear it yeah but check this this is my uh this is gonna be my jerry springer rest in peace final thought is that uh a piece of art maybe like a painting or a song might not take that long but to put together a collection a show an album like a full uh cures what we're doing takes a lot longer so i'm <laughs> stoked to hear everything you guys are doing i'm looking forward to it we'll we'll put this out like when you guys want us to put it out but we're just fucking stoked to talk to you guys and fucking barfly nice meeting you doggy uh courtney thank you for fucking talking to us again bro like this means a lot bro oh my pleasure thanks for having us i hope it was eventful yeah yeah is there anything else you guys want to uh plug before we before we head out anything any people you want to say what's up to or anything you guys got coming up and shout out to sun yoga it's been such a pleasure to work with. He's done so well on this record for us. That's real. Knickknack. Uh, you know, there's just certain fan homies that just would not let up on us. Mm-hmm. Like, put that yeah. shit out. Why aren't you mixing it? You know, there's people. But those are the people we're using for the artwork. Those are the people. Everybody that was there for us, and we're, we're incorporating them as much as we can into this. You know, this painting is from Cat from LTS. You know, Cody, he, he kind of had a mental breakdown. He's up in Seattle living a wild life and we have a song nervous breakdown and the art it just lines up i've had this for many years and we've always wanted to use something from him and just the way the universe like we've been saying lining up everything's meant to be these things are presented here for us to go with the record because it, it was meant to be happening now right the now people. exactly yeah just the people you know whatever but shifters you know shifters are being active we're doing a bunch of shit right now Tumex out there hustling still i cannot believe it but he is and so hustling actually, man Oh, I don't know what time. It doesn't matter saying shows because we don't know when this will come out. But we're going to be doing some shit from this month and some visionaries and a bunch of shit. And so, yeah, we're going to be hella active. And we just want everybody who fucking didn't let us fall off. Thank you. We love you. But, you know, that's it. Fuck yeah, man. I'm. I'm stoked that you guys are are ramping back up. Like I said, I can't wait to hear the stuff. Uh, you guys have always been super rad, dudes. Amazing artists. And I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm, I feel honored to get to know you guys and to sit down and just bullshit like this with you guys. It's uh, it's been great. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having us again, making us look good. Hell <laughs> yeah, you guys do that yourselves. Hey, fucking eggs, <laughs> bacon. All right, I'm gonna do a little quick outro, but stay on the line. This has been another episode of the Ratness Podcast. We'll catch you every week on Fridays for video on YouTube and anywhere you stream your podcast for the audio. Check us out every week with more interviews. Jim, hey, welcome back. Hey, it's been a good one.